Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for parents to share their stories about raising special needs children. We are your hosts, Amanda DeLuca and KDMD, and today we are so delighted to bring you one of my favorite autism mamas, Lindsay Armstrong of Autism Motherhood. So welcome, Lindsay, and thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you all for having me. This is my first podcast, so I'm very excited. We were, we were like um, giddy and thrilled, just so you know. Oh, <laughs> y'all are always so sweet. Uh, so, Lindsay, could you introduce yourself for anyone who may not be familiar with your story yet and tell us more about your family, raising boys, about having a child on the spectrum? Uh, yeah, gosh, try to sum all that up. Uh, our family is very, very fun. We have, um, so I'm, a, I'm Lindsay. I'm a stay-at-home mom of three young boys. We um, are just starting to kind of venture into homeschooling. And so my boys are ages two, three, and five. And they are each, they're just so much energy. <laughs> so being a boy mom has been very, very fun, but it's a lot of go, 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 go. There's really no time. I feel like honestly, I never sit down, which I think is very common with all moms. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like especially boy moms, they're just constantly everywhere and into all of the different things. And so that has been fun. Um, and then my middle son, Mason, he was diagnosed with autism at 18 months old. So he is my, my uh, son that's three right now. And he is just a bundle of joy. He is so much fun and he always makes us laugh. He's always doing the funniest things. I, I honestly, now I, of course, I can't think of an example. Uh, I think of him shoving himself into your shirts. Oh yes, so yes, you brought up a good one. He's always in my shirt and more specifically, he has a very um, big fascination with my armpits. And it's really funny because it's only my armpits. Like we've tried, my mom, she's so funny. She like, our whole family loves Mason so much and they like crave attention from him, but he's very selective about who he gives attention to. So everyone will bring out their armpits and they're like, look, Mason, I have an armpit. And he only wants my armpits. I don't know why, but he cracks us up. So yeah, that's a perfect example. Um, Jackson's is feet, but it's the same. Oh. It's only certain people. We're like, is it people who have tattoos or toe rings or polish? We can't figure it out. Only that is knows. so funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, that's one of those times and there's a million of those times, but I really wish I was in his head and could figure out like, why my armpits? What is it about mine specifically that makes you so, because he honestly he gets excited about them. He does like a lot of happy flaps when he sees my armpits, but nobody else's. So <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's so funny, isn't it? Like they're, they're things like Jackson's are feet. So like when we go somewhere, I'm like, he may drop to the ground. He may look at your feet. Please don't be offended if he doesn't love them. It's just something he does. Oh my gosh. That's adorable. <laughs> so Lindsay, your parenting schedule is a bit unique with your husband's work schedule. Can you talk about how you balance that and what that looks like for your family? Yeah, so honestly for me, um, it was something that really was very normal for us is my husband, I guess, since I met him, he was working 24 hour shifts. And so when we had kids, I was really pretty prepped to be alone by myself for long periods of time. And so I really focused heavily on teaching my kiddos how to like, not so much independent um, play, but just like go entertain yourself with something. If it's a tablet, a movie, toys, quiet time in your bedroom, like find blocks, but figure out how to entertain yourself because there's so many things I knew I'd have to get done, but there would be times where I was like, you'll have to figure out to, like how to do something away from mom so that mom can do dishes or laundry or 
any of the other hundreds of millions of things that moms have to do. So that really helped me, was just getting them set up at a really young age, like play by yourself. And now they're great at that. They all independent play really, really well. We are working with behavior therapy to teach Jackson how to independently play and how to learn leisure skills. Because I told them, I'm like, I need just to be able to start dinner. I need to just be able to throw a load of laundry in. Katie needs to be able to just pee by herself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Honestly, those bathroom trips, like just that. Give moms that. Yeah. Yeah. The small luxuries that we pray for every single yes. day. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Even still with my kids that they're really good at independent playing. There are still moments where I'm trying to do something and I've got two at my ankles and two of them are crying and one of them is asking me a million questions and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's mm -hmm. so much happening. And so it's not so much that I, I feel like I honestly just try to survive for the 24 hours. Like once it hit, it starts and that time clock is going, I'm just like, okay, just survive until your husband comes home. That's really just the goal. Yeah. Um, when behavior therapy was here today, actually, um, my husband told her, he's like, well, my wife and I work opposite shifts and I'm thinking in my brain, you have no idea what that looks like right now, dude, because <laughs> Lindsay lives like the epitome of opposite shifts. Oh. <laughs> it is really interesting. I, I'll say my friend the other day, she messaged me something about something that happened at night and I was like, oh my goodness, how did you handle that by yourself? And she was like, what are you talking about? My husband was home. And I was like, wait, your husband's home like all the time, every single night? And she's like, yeah, every single night. I, I forget, honestly, that people have their spouses home, usually like after five o'clock or something. Oh, there's the train at Katie's house, just in case you were curious. Yes, that's what, that's what happens. I was curious about that one. <laughs> that's what happens in Canada. Uh, that's awesome, that's close. Yeah. It's right beside our house. Oh like my right beside. So we, uh, our, our house, like we always joke and say our house is locked down like Fort Knox. Um, not because we're worried about people coming in, but we're worried about the children leaving because mm -hmm. we're so incredibly close to the train. Um, it actually was, it was okay. Um, you know, when we kind of very first moved here, because Avery really didn't have a desire or really care for trains and it just really wasn't his thing but then as he kind of got older it was like well that's pretty cool mm -hmm. like I could go you know I could go run for that or I could go you know so then we had to like take precautions and our our door has a gate and everything is gated and locked and it's quite the ordeal so when people come to our house to visit they like call and text and like all of these things just to come into our house. Cause it's like, oh, I got to open the big gate. And then I got to open the little gate at the door. And then I got to open the gate at the top of the stairs. And I got to unlock my front door. Then you can come into the house. Like it's like a whole, a whole thing. Oh, because we live beside the train. So <laughs> the, the fence around Katie's house looks like she lives in a shipping container. Like I saw her backyard today. I'm like, it looks like you live in a shipping container. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Uh, 
So Lindsay, you talked a little bit about in your introduction, how you are moving into homeschool. Can you talk about that decision um, and how your faith impacted um, that final decision for your family? Yeah, so for us, it was really about um, teaching our kiddos to have a biblical worldview. And so there are a lot, um, I feel like when I tell people I'm homeschooling for Christian reasons, a lot of people are like, oh, you hate the public school system. And I don't, not at all. I think it's amazing if parents want to send their kiddos there. But for us, we found out really like early on that um, obviously there's not like a big biblical foundation in public secular schools. And so for our kiddos, like just examples for like a young age, when you're teaching a child about like, you know, the world, you know, like look at all the animals and look at all the trees, aren't those really neat? Nature, like nature's really cool. We wanted our kiddos to have that too, but also it's great because, you know, God made the animals and God made creation and God made the trees that you see. Isn't it amazing how good he is to us to have given us colors and different animals and all these cool things. And so we really wanted our boys just to have that firm biblical worldview, um, seeing the world through like a Bible perspective rather than just seeing the world through um, a secular perspective. And so we really thought about it. And honestly, I won't lie to you. I have, um, like all humans, I have a selfish side. And I was like, man, I was really looking forward to sending my kids to school one day and having eight hours a day to myself. Like I, I really, really wanted that. So homeschool for me was not something I jumped into with a lot of excitement at first. Uh, but then the more I, I looked into it and the more I kind of realized, um, I think I shared the other day, the math on it, depending on where you're at, um, which state you're in. By the time, like if you put your child in school at kindergarten, by the time they graduate, they can have somewhere between 15,000 hours to 20,000 hours spent in seated school hours. And I was like, okay, understanding that, to have that, um, to have like, you know, let's say it's just 15,000 hours of a secular worldview as opposed to having 15,000 hours of a biblical worldview, I got really excited about like how we would be sending our boys into the world with a really firm, awesome, like biblical foundation. And the more I, I thought of it that way and the more I got into it and saw homeschooling wasn't as intimidating as I may have thought. Um, and then I obviously gave up my, my idea that, oh, okay, I won't be by myself for eight hours a day, you know, five days a week. I'm okay with that. Um, I will be surrounded by my boys constantly. <laughs> so getting past that, it's, it, I'm really excited about it now. So I think a lot of people asked you how you were going to approach the social aspect um, for the boys, but specifically for Mason, right? Yes. And can you kind of tell people um, what that's going to look like? Because I think that's a lot of people's hesitation. And I think knowing someone else who has a plan and has thought about it might help them in their decision as well. Yes. Yeah, so um, there are pre-COVID, there are a lot of like, uh, goodness, I just forgot the term for it. Um, Co-op? Co-op, yes, thank you. Okay. There's a lot of co-op groups. And then if you, like, I did a one quick search on Facebook and in our area, there's just a lot of like homeschooling groups that you can be a part of. There's one specific group where they just do like field trips together. And, you know, depending on which lesson plan you're on, you'll go visit a fire station or the local zoo or a museum. And then there are other groups where you can get help with like math. And so you can meet some kiddos your own age and they can, you know, you can all do your math homework together. And so there are so many, especially now, uh, post COVID, there so many people like tried homeschooling and they thought they found out they really liked it. And so there's way more, I feel like now offered to you to socialize your kid than there was even just a year ago. So there really are so many opportunities to get your kids socialization, even outside of, I mean, there's church and church youth group. Um, and with our church too, we have a lot of um, socializing like activities with our church just by itself, like just no homeschool at all. 
they would get a lot of socialization just there. But again, there are just tons and tons of homeschooling groups out there now. And then Mason also does outside therapy. So he'll still have that going um, where we get that as related services in school, right? So he has right now just one therapy. Um, they come in home. It's just speech therapy. He does it twice a week for about 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. and so he he'll uses, keep that. He uses an AAC, right? He does. And he has gotten so good at it lately. He honestly blows me away. I, um, we were on Prolo for a little while. Um, it was a phase in Jackson's communication and I like shudder at the thought of setting that up as a parent. It was not friendly for me at all. Yeah, so it was definitely a learning curve for me. I had, a, I'd watched a lot of YouTube videos and then once it was set up, it was another learning curve, figuring out how to like navigate it and memorize where everything was so that I, I could model language. So it's definitely been a lot of a lot of work on the parents end. I think people when they get it they're like oh you know the child will will work with it and that'll be great but really I think the parent has to work with it first mm -hmm. and get like a firm understanding of it before they can give it to the child. It's It does take a lot of effort. So um, Lindsay you use um, AAC. Katie you also use AAC correct? We have yeah we use Pro Logo to go um, and both the boys were for a little stretch period of time we're on just actual packs like actual yep. packs board yeah. yeah we started there too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah mason did the pex cards for a while and we honestly loved them it was about the time where we realized we had like i don't know almost 400 pictures that i was like we have to find something a little more easy to like like portable <laughs> like we yeah. were going mm -hmm, out mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. having this giant binder just wasn't realistic for us anymore we well, had like five binders at oh, one wow. point and yep. you know it was i want to say it was insanity and we <laughs> would go and there was one period of time where we had to um go up to the city and i was touring another school and and doing a presentation and we were staying in a hotel and avery was adamant that the binders were coming into the swimming pool oh, and it no. was just like like they're plastic, these cards, and, and the ones that weren't were laminated. And it was like, like it is okay, but it's just like, we were hauling these things and like no no need for them. We just had the ones out that we needed, but he needed all of them. Mm -hmm. he, he felt like they all belonged together and they all had to come everywhere. And um, he's not from wrong. that experience, He's not well, you know, <laughs> from that experience, it was just like, we got back from that trip and it was like, what are we doing? Like, this is, and I was always worried we were going to lose some because we did along the way. And I oh, was yeah. like remaking them and it was just, it, it felt crazy. And, you know, after that trip, it was like, okay, no more. Like yeah. no more of this. Like we we had set ones aside. We had ring cards like with packs on them, and we kind of decreased what what we had. Avery was not thrilled about it by any means. Oh, I'm sure. And then you know we went to like electronic and and went to it on a an iPad and and Prologo and and the thing is is that he was not thrilled with us. Like he searched i want to say for two weeks trying to find his binders like they were it was like they were part of him but he likes <laughs> but he likes so much. to sort right katie mm -hmm. he likes, yes yes he and he would get and severe mm -hmm. he'd get yeah. severe anxiety surrounding um you know if one was lost 
Yeah. If, if yeah. he had lost one on our journey of going somewhere, you know, he'd have a really hard time. So it was like, this is our way. Going to an electronic version is a way of like decreasing your anxiety, saving mom from being stressed out and, and all of the things. And saving so, the environment. You were saving the environment. Right? <laughs> and that too. Very, very true. Uh, so- Lindsay, I want to ask you a couple things. Um, what has been the most positive part of sharing your story to a larger social media audience? Oh goodness, there's so many positives to it. Um, I would say the absolute most positive part for me has been honestly being able to share the gospel with so many different people. Um, I I didn't honestly that wasn't why I got on there. Um, I got on there to share the autism stuff, and then in a little bit kind of wedged my faith in there. And then the more people that messaged me having questions about faith, the more people I got to talk to. And at this point, I, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have heard the gospel and it's been really cool. I've even had quite a few friends that um, end up coming back and saying, hey, I got saved and I just found a church and my life has done a 180. And it's just really cool to see people impacted that way. And then I would say the other positive, um, and I hope this, gosh, I hope this does not come off vain. But when I get messages, it's like, I felt lost. My kid got a diagnosis of autism and I felt depressed and lost. And I thought, I I just, I can't do this. This is going to ruin our life and all these things. And then they stumbled upon my account and they messaged me and were like, I I followed you for a couple weeks. And now I know that there's hope and that I can do this and that it's not as scary as I thought it was going to be. And so for me, I would say those are the two absolute best things. So on the flip side of that, Lindsay, what has been the hardest part of sharing? Oh, goodness. Um, I think the hardest part is just being under a microscope. There, It doesn't matter what I share, there's always someone who's upset by it or offended by it or wants to message me and say that I've, I'm done doing something wrong. Um, so that, that honestly for me has been the hardest part is just when especially when your account grows and you get more people the the amount of i don't want to say hate mail because it's not all hate mail um but the amount of like mean messages start to grow and that's never something i've enjoyed no and i um i I can never believe the amount of people that go out of their way to say something negative like really you took the time yeah you took took there are not things you'd rather be doing other than this (laughs) right right yeah yeah it's very strange to me too. Yeah. And honestly, it's weird to me the things they pick up on though. Like the things they see in the background of my videos and they're like, I can't believe you used non-organic dog food. And I'm like, what? How did you oh, see gosh. that? <laughs> <laughs> so those, at least those make me laugh because I'm just shocked at what they can find. And they have to like screenshot it, zoom in. Like there's, right. there's work. There's work that goes into that. They're like Sherlock Holmes. I, I, it blows me away. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's so funny. Um, And then the last thing is, what would be your advice for a fellow autism mama? Oh goodness. Okay, so I know what I'm about to say will come off very cliche, but then I'll explain it. But my advice would be listen to your gut. Because I think when you go into the autism world with the, like getting an official diagnosis, there's a lot of things that professionals and physicians will tell you that may not be right for your family. I know, and 
aside from the controversy of ABA therapy, there's just a lot of things that we felt forced into that it kind of confused me. I, I thought, you know, I get ABA is great for so many different families, but can Mason succeed without it if I'm helping him? And I got a lot of no's and they're like, nope, I'm sorry, you, you can't do it. You can't help him. And it really was odd to me because I thought in my gut, I know that I can, I know I can do this. Um, and it was odd that nobody, like I guess the physicians and the professionals didn't believe in me. And so I kind of went out to like, oh, I'm gonna prove you wrong. But really my advice is to trust your instincts, like trust your guts. God gave mothers a parental intuition and he gave it to that specific parent. Like nobody else will have the parental intuition that you have for your child. And so I would say, lean into that. Like let the Holy Spirit lead you, let God lead you and trust yourself. Trust it if you have a feeling you're like, oh, I know everybody says this is right, but it just doesn't feel like a fit for our family. Run with that, you know, try, try to do it differently. And then I will say the other thing too, though, is um, just the whole, there's not a, it's not a race. There's no ticking time clock that if you don't do something fast enough or, or good enough, that you're gonna ruin your child, that it's okay to slow down and take it a step at a time. I feel like when you enter the world of autism, it can, it's a lot, like you're inundated with all this information, all the, the therapies and all the things, and it's okay to take it slowly and like, take it a day at a time, breathe. I didn't believe that in the beginning. I see that now. In the beginning of the journey, I had this imaginary time clock and I, nobody, mm -hmm. nobody told me this. Katie and I've talked about this so many times, but mm -hmm. I was right now 100% all the time. And my husband's like, you lost yourself. You completely lost yourself to the diagnosis. And he's right, mm -hmm. I did, I did. Um, and I see now, and um, this last year of, you know, pandemic living has forced us to slow down. And my son needed that time. I didn't realize that, but he has showed us that in this last year, he needed that time. He needed yeah. a break. Yeah, it's amazing how I did the same thing. I was, once he Mason was diagnosed, I threw myself into nonstop research. If I had even a second of time, I was researching the new, the best probiotic or the best, I don't know, therapy. And I was researching all the different things. And it took me a while to like tell myself, just stop, just breathe for a second and try to not do all the things all at once. Mm -hmm. I think we all lost ourselves to Google. Um, post-diagnosis, probably at one point or another. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dr. Google. Which is horrible. Horrible <laughs> advice happens on Google. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> well, we always say to not Google. We say don't Google. Yes. And I found myself this year repetitively not listening to that advice. I'm like telling clients for, you know, IEP meetings and, and other different things. And I'm like, don't Google. Just don't Google. And then there's me at like 12 o'clock at night Googling. Yeah. Well, you call me, you call me and tattletale on yourself. I Googled last night. I'm like, why, why, why? <laughs> okay, I love that description. I Googled, <laughs> I did it. Right, like why have we not learned by now? Come on. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm gonna use that from now on. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, ugh. Um, but I think it's so important that you say to trust your mama gut. And I don't think that's cliche at all because um, I pushed for a diagnosis and my doctor told me that I was a first time mom, I was paranoid, I was wrong, and my mama gut has never been wrong. And I think a lot of people can agree that that mama gut is typically right. Mm -hmm. And I know I say actually that a lot too and I know I feel like I come off really arrogant but I'm like, listen, my gut has never led me astray. It just hasn't, at least not as of yet. <laughs> That's that's not. It's like a secret talent. It's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially like in regards to your children. Yep. Yeah, I agree. 
So Lindsay, where can people find you on social media so that they can follow along because your boys are just oh so adorable. Oh, oh thank I'm- you. Um, so you can follow me at Autism Motherhood on Instagram. And so Autism, the M, uh, there's just one M. So Autism Motherhood is kind of a combined word. And then I'm also on Facebook, but I don't know how to use it. So I know it's ridiculous, but I, if you see me active on Facebook, it's because I've shared it from my Instagram. Okay. So I get a lot of like messages and comments on Facebook, but I don't know where they are or how to find them or how to respond to them. I, I am... I don't get it. I don't know what's wrong with my head, but Facebook and me just do not click. It's because it changes its mind every day. It's it not does. you. It's Facebook. I promise. <laughs> and so Instagram is just like my space. I love it there. I love the community there. So you can definitely find me on Instagram, but you can find me on Facebook. I just don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I will tell you, I found you um, because we were converting a space in our home into a sensory space for Jackson. And every mom was like, you need to follow Lindsay. Do you follow oh. Lindsay? Do you know who Lindsay is? <laughs> Her dining room is amazing. You need to follow her. I'm like, well, okay. Oh my and they're gosh, right. that makes me so happy. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. So your um, sensory and play space for the kids um, is like Insta-famous in my opinion, so. Oh my gosh, that means so much to me because I put in so much love to that room. So that means a lot to me. It's amazing, it's amazing. It's very inspiring. So Lindsay, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank um, you all for having me. It was so lovely to talk to you and um, I think you're, I'm excited for people to follow you and learn from your homeschooling journey because I think you're going to inspire a lot of mamas who are struggling with that um, and maybe some moms like Katie who need some new ideas because she's been doing it for a year now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait to see how homeschooling goes. and what that looks like for your family because I think you're going to be amazing. I'm excited to share and thank you guys for having me. It was so lovely to talk to you. Well, thank you so much, everyone. And we will talk to you all again next week.